0: So, so from that video right there, you can tell we we told you last week, and uh, we're going to remind you every single week, uh, we're moving. Uh, Man, we're moving, and so uh, we are counting down just a few more services here at the Forum. Sunday, March 25th, we are in our building for the first Sunday officially, um, just over uh, in Christopher, just a, a little bit Right over here at the former FedEx property. And uh, so, man, we are really excited about that. But here's the deal uh, we need to uh, make some preparations there for that. And so, um, this Wednesday night, this Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, um, if you are uh, free, if you're able, uh, maybe you're a teenager, you're dropping your teenager off for the students on Wednesday night. If you're a parent, you want to just come on over. But Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, uh, several of us are going to be in the building. We've got some preparations, things that we need to do. We're going to have a couple of days like this where we go and just get some things ready. And so this Wednesday at 6 is the first one. And so, uh, so if you want to be a part of that, you don't have to sign up for anything. Uh, just show up Wednesday night at 6... At the, uh, at the new building. We'll post some more info about that on social media and that sort of thing, probably send out an email, but if you want to uh, help with that, uh, that's open for uh, everybody, uh, the more the merrier, so Wednesday at 6 o'clock, uh, be at the new building, and we're going to uh, do some work up there this Wednesday night. Hey, I want to welcome everybody, my name is Mark, I'm the lead pastor, if today's your very first time, and we are so excited to have you here, uh, and I want to point you to the card that was in your seat today. That card in your seat is what we call our connection card. If you come to Summit uh, on a regular basis, you hear me talk about the card every week. In fact, we take a time in our service where we ask everybody to fill that out. We do that at the end of uh, service. So uh, as uh, as the sermon's uh, wrapping up, as the sermon's over, when we receive our offering, we give everybody a moment, fill out that card, drop it in the offering basket as you go around but man, what happens every week on those cards is that people share prayer requests, they put decisions that they made. Listen, last week we saw two people give their life to Jesus for the very first time. Isn't that awesome? Man, that's awesome. And, and so... So you're oh man, do I? What does anything happen when I fill out that card? Absolutely it does. One, we pray over those every single Monday. We respond to every single prayer request. It lets us know decisions that you guys are making and how we can better just serve and minister to our church. And so, uh, so those are there for you, amen. Anything that God does in your life, we would love to know about it. If you're new at Summit, I've never met you. Uh, Maybe you've been a while, we've just never met. After church day, I'll be out there at the welcome table. I'd love to just shake your hand, say hi to you, give you a free gift if you are brand new to Summit. But I would want to point you to one thing. If you've been coming for a little bit, and you're thinking, hey, I would love to. Uh, I'd love to know more about our church and get some more info. That sort of thing. Next Sunday at ten o'clock in the morning, we do a thing uh, called Summit One Hundred and One. We do it right here at the forum, in the offices, uh, in the Summit Kids area of the forum. And so next Sunday morning at ten o'clock is Summit One Hundred and One. If you want to, I would love to talk to you. You'll meet some more of our leaders. It's just a really good time before church where we can help you get all your questions answered and uh, know, get to know how you can get connected. Here at Summit, that is next Sunday, ten o'clock in the morning. And um, one more thing that that I, I want to mention is our Easter egg hunt is coming up. Extravaganza is Friday, March the twenty third. That's the biggest outreach possibly that we do all year long, and we are, we see hundreds of people. I think last year somebody said we had almost, we had right out a thousand people there last year. And um, and so it's Friday night, six thirty to eight, March twenty third. We need a truckload of eggs. And so if you're sitting there thinking, you know what I would love to do today? I would love to go to Walmart and just buy 8,000 eggs. We'll go for that. We'll take them all. And uh, you can bring them uh, every single Sunday leading up to it, drop them off right out there in the lobby. Other than that, that is it, all right? Hey, if you got a Bible, I want you to open it up. We are in a series called Own It in the book of what in the Bible? James, look at y'all, man. Boom. Look at you guys. Man, I'm proud. Open up to the book of James. We are going through the book of James, and today we are in chapter 1, verse 27, and we're going to read all the way down to chapter 2, verse 13, and so we got some work to do this morning, and so we're just going to go ahead and dive right in, so go ahead and open up your Bible, turn it on on your phone, if you don't have a Bible, your neighbor does, cuddle up next to each other, it'll be a great opportunity for you guys, and uh, if you don't have a Bible at all, free Bibles out there in the back, you just don't even have you don't have to ask, you don't even have to act like you're stealing it, take it, it's our gift to you, all right? James chapter 1, verse 27, we're going to read down to chapter 2, verse 13. All right, let's read this. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you, sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, stand over there, sit out of my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he's promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become the transgressor of the whole law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Can we all say this last phrase together? Let's all say this last part out loud. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's pray. God, I I pray that right now you would just open up our hearts to your word. God, I pray that right now you would just come and you would speak to us in a way that we can't escape, in a way that we can't get around it, in a way that we can't ignore it. God, I pray that you would come and speak to us today in such a way that that the only thing that we can say is God spoke to me today. And, And God, every time you speak, we're changed. Every time you speak, we're changed. And so, Father, I pray that you would do more in the next few minutes than any human could do in an entire life. And you would do it for your glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Um, I was thinking the other day uh, as, uh, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today. I was thinking about high school. I about Back uh, when I was in high school, I don't know if you remember high school, but I remember how my high school experience worked in the high school that I went to. Um, everybody in my high school, they were all in some kind of group. They were all in some kind of clique. They were all in some kind of tribe. And, and based on the way, based on rather the, the group that you were in or the clique or the tribe that you were in, you got better, you got, you got a specific kind of treatment based on the group that you were in right so so there was there was the popular kids and the unpopular kids there were the attractive kids and the not so much there were um there were the uh there were there were the athletic students there were the nerds there were the um cheerleaders, that was a a group, and just just a lot of different groups, cliques, and tribes. And and what happened was you wanted to be in the right one. Because based on the group that you were in, you got special treatment. I mean, really popular kids, or if you were in some group, they got special treatment that if you just were not in the right group, clique, or tribe, you just kind of went un noticed. And and so maybe, maybe you're here today, and you're a student, and you're hearing me describe that, and you're thinking, Mark, my high school still works like that today. Mark, that perfectly describes my high school. I mean, Mark, I can't wait to graduate and to get out of high school, because so many people that I know, they just all seem fake. They just dress and act a certain way to try to fit in, to try to impress people. Mark, that just exactly sounds the way that my high school works right now, and if you're a student and you think that, I have really good news for you. That's not just how your high school works. That's how the whole world works, so it never ends. Just here to encourage. It's what I do. I build people up today, right? But isn't that true? Let's all be honest. Isn't that how the world works, right? If you, if you make a certain amount of money, then that can get you a certain amount of respect that you might not get, you didn't make that amount of money. If you have a right last name, if you have a last name of certain kind, just by having that last name, just by nature of being born in that family and you get that last name, that last name might, might, might have power, it might have influence, and just by the very nature of having that last name, you get power and influence, whereas if you don't have that last name, you get passed over. But I think that we would all agree That even though the world works that way, I think that we would all agree the church should be different. Would you agree with that? The church ought to be different. The the world might work that way. The world might give preferential treatment and, and look on the outside. Hey, this person looks that way. Let's listen to them. Did you see what they were driving this morning when they pulled in? We should give them respect. Do you know the neighborhood that they live in? Do you know how much money they make in a year? We need to have them in here because they have influence. Why? Because they make this amount of money. That might be how the world works. The church ought to be different. Amen? The church ought to be different. And the reason the church ought to be different, I mean, James just says it right out of the gate in chapter two, verse one. He says, Jesus is the Lord of glory. So Jesus Christ is not a Sunday thing. He's not something you experience when you go to church. Jesus is the Lord of glory, and if you meet the Lord of glory, you become a different person, right? I mean, is there anybody in here that would say, you know what, I have met the Lord of glory, and he has made me a different person. Would anybody say that? Anybody say that? Right? Every time a preacher does that, that's a good opportunity to clap. You should take, you should, oh, yes, yes, amen. Right? Some of you are like, I don't know if I like that. Yes, you should. You should. All right? So we're different. The church is different because the Lord of glory makes us different. And so James says at the end of there, chapter 1, verse 27, church, keep yourself unstained from the world. Listen, the world looks at the outside. The world judges between rich and poor and black and white, and the church ought to be different. See if we're honest this morning, the, the world works a certain way. And James says, church, listen, you ought to be different. You need to keep yourself unstained from the world because the world operates under, under certain premises. It works under in, in a certain way. And so in, in the world, in the world, the world, a lot of times, can treat women as objects instead of people made in the image of God. Right? And the reason we know that is because if you look at the conversation that's happening right now in the culture about sexual assault, and every single day it just seems like another, another celebrity or another person of influence, it, it comes out that they've abused women, they've done something to women. Listen, it, it just seems to be in a lot of senses that in the world women are objects, not people made in the image of God. That might be how the world works, the church should be different. I mean, I mean, in the world, the world might look at people and, and based on money you have, it gets you influence. Based on the way that you dress, it gives you influence. Based on who you know and based on your last name, it gives you influence and power. That might be how the world works, but the church should be different. I mean, in the world, if you look a certain way or if you smell a certain way, if you don't dress a certain way, then the world, just by those outward things, can pass you over and cast judgment on you. And the church should be different. But if we're honest, a lot of times the church is not different, right? A lot of times the church is not different. I mean, we've all heard stories. I've heard stories. I've been in places where where. People that had money ran the church. Where people who who just grew up in the church, who knows if they're godly, who knows if they even know Jesus, but their grandpa started the church and their family's always been in the church. Their family has power in the church, therefore they run the church. Or, or in the church, we've all heard stories where people walk in. James even highlights this. Apparently, in these churches, there would be somebody walk in, and they've got nice clothes. Somebody walk in, and they don't have the nicest of clothes. James says, a rich man and a poor man, and apparently what's happening in these churches is the rich guy gets preferential treatment, and the poor guy gets pushed to the back, so nobody would notice him because we don't want to look at that guy, or in some circumstances, we would even kick him out of the building. And James says the church ought to be different. I mean, here we are in 2018. In 2018, there are still black churches and white churches. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. said the most segregated hour in America is Sunday morning at 11 o'clock a.m. And the church ought to be Different. And so, what God is just pushing on us this morning, God wants us to deal with this question how do you and I, how do we treat people who are different than us? How do you treat people who think differently than you do? How do you you treat people who don't look like you, don't have the same skin color as you, don't wear the same kind of clothes? as you, don't speak the same language, don't live where you live. How do we treat, think about people who aren't in our political party? How do we treat, think about people not even the same faith as us? And so what God is doing here, what James is doing in this book is is God wants to deal with us about how we treat people who are different than we are. And here's what I love, here's what I love. I love that James puts this sin on the table, and here's what happens. See, in the church, when we treat people differently based on external appearances, verse four in chapter two, look at what it says. Verse four in chapter two, when we treat people differently based on external appearances, verse uh, chapter two, verse four, that's one, it's evil. Hello? It's evil. And then, Chapter two, verse 12 through 13 says when we do that, what we really do is we put ourselves in the position of judge over that person and we forget one day God is gonna judge us. See, if we're not careful, this can make its way into the church really easy, can it? Here, here's what some of you, here's what some of us are doing right now as I'm hearing this sermon. Some of us are doing this. Mm, I'm glad that so and so's here today. Are you listening to what he's saying? He's talking to you. So I, I'm so glad you're here, you sinner. Right? That's what we're doing right now. Or we're looking around. Oh, I can't believe that person missed today. Mark is railing on them. Watch Facebook right now. Can't believe you're not here. A lot of us are making the mistake of we're thinking about other people when if we're honest, I can do this too. Man, if we're honest, this can get really easily into the church, amen, can it not? If we're we're not careful, it can get really easy in the church where one group in the church thinks they're more spiritual than another group in the church, right? Oh, you don't love people the way that I love people. You don't serve the way that I serve. You're not doing what I'm doing, and so because I don't see you doing what I'm doing, therefore, I love people, I love God more than you love God. You're not even saved, bro, And and we and we make assumptions about people. We make assumptions about people based on what we see or what we don't see, and we have no regard of what might be going on in their life at that time, where they might be at in that season of life. But we make assumptions about people, and we begin to treat people based on our own assumptions, and we haven't had any conversations with them. Or, or one denomination thinks they're more spiritual than another denomination or one church thinks they're more spiritual than another church. Oh, you go to that church? <sighs> Bro, do you even talk about Jesus in your church? Right? We've never been to that church. But Topic says they preach soft sermons. So that's true. Hello, right? Come on. Come on. Right? Oh, you go to that church? Topic says that's a cult. I don't know about you, but I'm having a lot of fun here today. This is probably the best sermon I've ever done. This is awesome. You got to do this, man. You got to talk about this. We got, as Christians, we got to talk about this. Here's why you got to talk about this. Because lost people are talking about it, and that's why they don't go to church. So many times Christians get in these little arguments and we do things and lost people are watching it from the sidelines saying, bro, that just confirms everything I've ever thought. You don't love people, you hate each other and you tell me that I need Jesus when you got saved and you've been mad ever since. We gotta figure this out. And I love that James doesn't say, hey, won't y'all stop it? Won't y'all stop that? Won't you just turn that off? See, James knows and more importantly God knows that you and I change in our lives, it's not like a switch. You turn it on and you turn it off. Oh, I'll stop that. I'll stop judging people based on external appearances. I'll just stop doing that. No, 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 no. What needs to happen is my heart needs to be changed. And as my heart is changed, then I will treat people differently. And see, the, the way that you and I are changed, we are changed as we see Jesus, Paul says in 2 Corinthians that as we see Jesus, we are changed from one degree of glory to another. So as I see who Jesus is and what he's done in my life and how I don't deserve it, as I see his grace that he's poured out in my life, as I behold and worship Jesus Christ, my heart is changed. And so if there's one idea I just want to push on you this morning, here's the one point. For, this, for today, just the one thing. So you can tweet it, you can write it down, you can tell people about it at lunch, you can talk about it, you can put it online, whatever you want to do. Here's the one point that we've got to get this morning, that if God would change our hearts, I just believe radical things would happen in our church and this community. It's just simply this point. If you've been given mercy, then give mercy. That's it. That's the whole, that's the whole sermon. That's the whole sermon. That's the whole sermon. Don't clap, because even though that's the sermon, I got at least half an hour to go. So, if you've been given mercy from God, then give mercy to people. I mean, think about it for a second. God, the Bible says that God is holy, all right? So, the Bible says that God is holy, and there's really two ways that you can think about the holiness of God. One, yeah, we all know it. One means that God is perfect. So, what does it mean that God is holy? It means that God is perfect, but here's the main definition of holiness in the Bible. The main definition of holiness, when it says that God is holy, it means this. It means set apart. It means that God is in a class all by himself. God is holy. Here's what that means. There is no one and no thing like God. No one's like God. I mean, we share some characteristics with him. God loves perfectly. You and I can love people, not perfectly, but we can share that characteristic. God knows everything. We can know some things. But listen, at the end of the day, God is God and I'm not. None of us are. No one and no thing is like God. And when you think about God, did you know that God knows every thought you've ever had? Did you know that? Do you know that God knows everything you've ever done? God knows everything you're doing right now, and God knows everything you will ever do. Did you know that God knows every word you've ever said, out loud or to yourself? God knows every word, out loud or silently. God knows every word, and 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 God it is in it. God it is in His judgment, if he wanted to, if God were to give us what we deserve, then God, because of our sin, and he's perfect, and he's in a class all by himself, God could have rightly looked at all of humanity and said, you know what? You guys are on your own. If you want your way, have it. And God could have left us on our own to be separated from him for all Eternity and be judged for our sin, but God, instead of giving us what we deserve, God has given us Jesus. And man, if you're a follower of Jesus, everything you've ever did, everything you've every thought you've ever had, every word you've ever said, it is under the blood of Jesus Christ, and He has washed you clean, and He has forgiven you, and God has given you mercy. I looked up the word mercy because I wanted to know what it means because I didn't think I knew. I looked it up and I was right. I didn't know. Here's what mercy means. This is in the dictionary. Just looking up. The word mercy, if you look up the word mercy, here's what shocked me. Here's what I, I didn't know it meant this. Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone, I knew that. Here's the next part. I didn't know. Whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So if I show you mercy, I'm gonna forgive you, I'm gonna look out for you, even though it might be within my power to punish you or harm you. Listen, it is within God's power. God would have been absolutely right if he would have looked at humanity and said, forget it, but sum it. The gospel is that God does not treat us as our sin deserves. God treats us better than our sin will ever deserve, and God gave us Jesus, and God treated his own son the way that you and I should have been treated, so that we could be forgiven sons and daughters of God. God has lavished mercy on us when we don't deserve it. Did you know that we don't deserve the mercy of God? Did you know that? Look at your neighbor and say, you don't deserve it. And now look back at him and say, I don't either. None of us do. We don't deserve the mercy of God, but God has poured mercy out on our lives. God's adopted us and now we are his sons and daughters. And listen, did you know that God doesn't play favorites? James is talking to this church about showing partiality, about looking at people on the outside and saying, I like you more than this guy, I respect you more than this guy. Did you know that God shows no partiality? Did you know that? Out of God's sons and daughters, God doesn't have a favorite. Did you know that? Sometimes my kids, I have three kids, sometimes my kids will come to me, still, totally serious, they'll come to me and they'll say, Dad, who's your favorite? Dad, who's your favorite? Cassie's up here, she knows where this is going. Dad, who's your favorite? Dad, out of all of us, who do you love the most? And then, in that moment, I look at my kids without any hesitation at all. When they say, Dad, who's your favorite? Who do you love the most out of all of us? I look at them with no pause, no, no second thought about it. I instantly look at them and say, I love your mother more than all of y'all. I do. Right? Right? Every time. I say that every time. Dad, who's your favorite? Mom's my favorite. Mom's my favorite. Been here longer than all of y'all. Lord willing, she'll be here last. Listen, Lord, listen. I love your mom more than all y'all. One day, you going. By the way, by the way, just a side note. That's why you don't get a lot of parenting sermons here. All right? That's why. Mark, how's it going? I don't know, man. I'm still working it out. I don't know. All right? But I do that. I love your mom more than all y'all. It's great for your kids do that sometimes. Um, If you say, God, who's your favorite? Surely Billy Graham was God's favorite. I mean, we've celebrated, we're remembering the life of Billy Graham. I mean, outside of the Apostle Paul, did anybody make more, more of an impact for the kingdom of God than Billy Graham? And at the end of the day, God loves you as much as he loves Billy Graham because God's love for you is through his son, Jesus Christ. Man, it doesn't matter if you're a preacher, it doesn't matter if you're a teacher, a stay-at-home mom, dad, CEO, janitor, lawyer, it doesn't matter what you do, how young, old, black, white, it doesn't matter what your skin color is, man. God loves all of his children equally and shows no partiality. And what should happen is the longer that I follow Jesus, the mercy of Jesus ought to be so at work in my life that I want to give that mercy to other people. Man, if God if God loves me regardless, man, then I want to try to give that away. If, if God is patient with me, I want to try to give that away. If God is for me, then some way, man, I just want to give that away. Because if I have been given mercy, then I want to give mercy to other people. Here, test yourself. Ask yourself these questions. Don't answer out loud. Ask yourself these questions that I've put down. Do you give mercy to people online? Do you give mercy to people in your thoughts? Do you give mercy to people when you talk about them? They're not around. They're not around. They're never gonna hear that conversation. In your conversations about people who are not there, man, do you give mercy? Here's the last question. Do you want people to give you mercy? I bet you do. I bet you do. In Summit Kids, sometimes I think we ought to cancel church and I'll go to Summit Kids because in Summit Kids, a lot of times we teach them this thing. We say say it this way, treat others the way that you want to be treated. The golden rule. Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do you want mercy? I think you do. Give it away. Why? Because God has given us mercy. Then we should give mercy to other people. Let me close with this, man. How does this apply to our church? How does this apply to our church? Y'all know, by the way, some of y'all are packing up. When a preacher says, let me close with this, there's still 15, 20 minutes left. Some of y'all are like, oh, we're done, we're done. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. Let me apply this to our church, man. Apply this to our church. This is huge. From day one, our church has always said we exist to see people transformed by Jesus and equipped to transform the world for Jesus. Transform people, transform the world. From day one, we've said that. Now, what that means, what that means on a practical level is that anybody, no matter who they are or what they've done, can come to our church. That's controversial, Right there, and it shouldn't be. Hey, hey Amen. Listen, when I say anybody can go, are you, is he talking those people? I'm talking those people. Gay or straight, you can come here. Now, hang with me because I just lost some of y'all. Some of you all just just the hair on the back of your neck. Slow your roll. All right. Doesn't matter what your skin color is, you come here. Amen? Doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, you come here. Now, here's what happens. A lot of times when you talk that way, Christians get really defensive and say, Well, Mark, you can't do that because you're placing a stamp of approval on people's sins, brother. No, you're not, because listen, Jesus did not put a stamp of approval on adultery when he hung out with adulterers Jesus did not put a stamp of approval on possession when he hung out with possessed people Jesus did not put a stamp of approval on drunkenness when he hung out with drunkards listen what Jesus did is Jesus loved people and showed them the mercy of God so so here's what that means here's what that means here's what that means and we say this all the time it's okay to come to summit and not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way because we believe that the grace and mercy of Jesus is so radical, it can transform anybody's life. Anybody's life. So, so it's, listen, it's God's job to save, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, but it's our job to love people. That's our job. And so what that means is you're, hang with me, what that means is you're just gonna have to get comfortable with coming to you're just gonna have to get comfortable coming to church with people who are not like you. Say, "Oh, well, Mark, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm, Mark, I'm not comfortable with that. Well, I want to tell you as your pastor in the most loving way possible that if you are not comfortable with that, then you need to repent and ask Jesus to change your heart. And beg God to so flood your soul with the mercy that he's given you so you can extend that mercy to other people. Not only that, what it also means is that when it comes to other churches and things like that, man, we will pray for other churches, we will bless other churches. When, when we can, we will partner with other churches, because if we are really serious about reaching Eastern Kentucky and the world for Jesus, it's going to take churches of all kinds of different, different stripes and methods to reach every single person. Right? Summit is not everybody's cup of tea. Some people come here and they're like, listen, that pastor is too handsome. I can't listen. I can't listen to him. I can't listen. It's a distraction, how good looking he is. And I understand that. You're just human. And So that wasn't as funny as you're laughing, but okay. And so, kind of hurt. Um, I want to challenge our church. I want to challenge our church. What's one thing you can do this week to show somebody mercy? That's the invitation. That's the response. What is one thing you can do this week to show somebody mercy? Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Or maybe you need to go to somebody and ask for forgiveness, or or maybe you need to maybe you need to maybe you need to go to God, and God has just convicted you over the past couple of minutes that you didn't even realize it. But there's a group of people, and you talk about them, and you treat them differently just based on who they are, their skin color, or what they wear, or where they live, and you didn't even realize it. And you need to ask Jesus, Jesus, would you remind me that at the end of the day, I am just a product of mercy? Flood my soul with it. Ask Jesus to change your heart. Listen, what is one thing you can do this week to show mercy to somebody not like you? It's one thing you can do this week. If you're a student, if you're a high school, middle school student, maybe that means maybe that means that there's a student at your school that nobody sits with, and everybody kind of kind of thinks they're weird and they're awkward. And maybe this week, you and a couple of others, you go and you sit with them at lunch, and you just begin to share, you just begin to love them. And listen, when you do that, you're absolutely right. Your popularity and your status at school will take a hit by associating yourself with that person. But can I tell you, if you do that at the, uh, on the other side of it, you'll be more like Jesus and better off. Man, so many times we talk about sharing Jesus with our friends and sharing the gospel with people. And people say, Mark, I would love to do that. I'm afraid I'll do it wrong. Mark, what if I say the wrong thing? Mark, what if I mess up telling people about Jesus? You know, how, you know the best way to start telling people about Jesus? Be their friend. Look at somebody in the eye and treating them like a human being and listening to people and smiling at them, right? Just treating someone as a human being, treating someone the way that you would want to be treated. Listen, if you do that, maybe you won't lead your friend to Jesus this week. Maybe you won't lead your friend to Jesus at all, and God uses somebody else, but the thing that God uses to plant a seed in their heart that begins to wake them up to the gospel is you were nice to them, and you showed them mercy when nobody else would. So have you experienced the life-changing mercy of Jesus? Not do you know about it. Not can you talk about it. Not do you believe in it. Have you experienced it? Have you experienced the life-altering mercy of Jesus? And maybe you're here and you're thinking because of something that you did years ago, there's absolutely no way that God would love you. There is absolutely no way that God would forgive you because you did this. You said This, there is no way that God would love me. And I want to tell you that you are exactly the kind of person that God would love. There's no way that God would give me mercy. And I want to tell you today that you are exactly the kind of person that God wants to give mercy. There's no way that God would save me. And I want to tell you today that no matter who you are or where you've been or what you've done, you are exactly the kind of person that God would save. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I pray that you would apply this to our lives in millions of different ways. Not just today, but, but over the course of days to come. God, that we would go back to this idea that if we've been given mercy, we should give mercy. If we've been given mercy, we, we shouldn't show partiality. James says, listen, it, it, it's horrible, it's evil. People come into our church, we treat them differently based on what they're wearing, based on the way that they look. Don't do that because God, you've given us Mercy, if we've been given mercy, we should extend mercy. And God, I pray for the person that's here today and they have never experienced your mercy. God, today I pray that they would reach out and that they would say yes to you and that they would experience the life-altering mercy of Jesus Christ. God, I pray for, for us as a church that we would do the hard work. The hard work of loving people with no strings attached. And God, that's hard because it's easier to hold a grudge. It's it's, it's easier just to be bitter. But it's hard, impossible to love. And so God, I pray that we would do that. I pray that we would do that. You know, normally right now at this time, I always ask you to do something respond by raising your hands. And I'm not going to do that today. At least right now for this. I'm not going to do that. Instead, what I want to do is I I just want to ask our entire church. Have you been given mercy from God? Have you? Then, right now, who is the Holy Spirit telling you you need to show that mercy to? Might be somebody at your school you never talked to. Somebody at your work that you never talked to. Might be a neighbor. Might be a group of people that you just had the wrong idea about. They look different than you and they talk different than you, they don't do what you do. but because we have a God in heaven who loves people different than him, we can love people different than us. God, who do you want us to show mercy to? God, just speak that into us. God, who can we show mercy to? God, this week, this week, Father, I pray that we would be a people that would show mercy in every place in conversation, at work, at school, at home, online, because we've been given mercy God, let's show mercy. Let's give mercy. Let's extend mercy. Let's spread mercy out to this community. And and whoever God is is laying on your heart right now, that person that you're thinking of, that group of people, whatever whatever the Holy Spirit is whispering into your heart right now, that that person, maybe you can see their face, their their name is, is in your mind right now. I just want you to begin to pray for them. I just want you to pray for them right now. Jesus, I pray for, help me to show them mercy. Just pray for them right now. That relationship might even be severed. And Jesus says, pray for your enemies. You might be here today and you've never experienced the life-altering mercy of Jesus. I want to tell you today, you are exactly the person that he loves. You are exactly the person that he came to save. You are exactly the kind of person that Jesus Christ wants a relationship with. But you need to say yes to him. You need to go to him today and receive the salvation that he purchased for you. Today, right now, if you want to be saved, if you want Jesus' mercy to come into your life and begin to change you, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I just invite you right where you sit today to pray this prayer and ask Jesus to come into your life and save you today. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I want your mercy in my life. I want you to change my life. I want you to save my life. I give my life to you right now. Jesus, help me to start living for you today. Thank you for loving me and dying for me and coming back from the dead for me. Jesus, let your mercy change my life. I receive it today. I receive your mercy. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for mercy. In your name, amen. No one is looking around, no eyes are open. But listen, if you just prayed that prayer to give Jesus your life, to ask him to save you for the very first time, Jesus says, don't keep that to yourself. I want you to make it public. And I would love to know if you prayed that prayer today. I would love to know if you asked Jesus to to save you and that his mercy would come into your life today. And so I'm gonna count to three. And as soon as I say three, today, if you need to be saved, I just want you to raise your hand high in the air so that I can see it. And that's you saying, Mark, today, I give my life to Jesus for the very first time. One, two, three. Just raise your hand right now if that's you today. You need the mercy of Jesus to come into your life and save you. Raise your hand right now. Amen. Father, I thank you that you are a God of mercy. I thank you that you're a God that's patient with us. It's good to us, God, and you have given us mercy. And so, God, this week, God, that we would be generous with mercy. We'd be generous with mercy and give it away. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Summit, let's praise God that that he gives mercy, what he's done in our hearts. Amen. Amen. Dana's going to come out right now, and she's going to share some things uh, with us. Our ushers are going to get in place, so you, uh, uh, men and women who are going to help us receive our offering, go ahead, you can get in place. And any preparation you need to make for that, you can go ahead and make it. I know a lot of people have uh, already given online, and online giving is, is, is something that I use. A lot of people in our churches, you can give through our app, you can give on our website. Uh, you can do that right now if you're not prepared to give here uh, in... Uh, physically, but you want to give, you can just give online. Um, but right now, I would ask you, everybody go ahead and grab your connection cards, and right now is the time you can go ahead and fill that out. And, um, and what we talked about today was really hard. It's real hard to give mercy to people, isn't it? Isn't it, man? Sometimes it's, it's, it's easier to withhold mercy than give it. And so, so maybe, maybe during that time of response, it was just plain as day. You had somebody's face in your mind, a name in your mind, a group of people. Hey, I think that God wants me to show mercy to this group, this person, this family, whatever it is. Would you put that on your prayer? Uh, would you put that in the prayer section, in the comment section of your connection card so we can pray for you tomorrow? And, and, and some, this week, let's give mercy. No matter where we are, man, we will give mercy, man. In conversation at home, work, online, we would be mercy givers because we've been given mercy from God. And that's why we give. One of the reasons we do this every week, giving is a reminder that we have been given. We've been given much. We've been given God's love and his mercy and forgiveness. So we give in response to that, right? So I'm going to pray, and uh, as we're receiving our offering, Dana is going to share a few things uh, with us before uh, we dismiss. But I do want to say one more time, hey, if I've never met you, you're new to Summit. Man, give me a second there at the welcome table. I'd love to shake your hand and say hi. Let's pray. Father, I pray for for this offering, that the motivation is mercy. Motivation is mercy. That, That the reason that we give, the reason we are generous people is because we have a generous God in heaven who does not treat us as our sin deserves. You are so full of mercy and so full of love and grace and patience that we say yes to giving. We say yes to generosity and we say yes to mercy giving, whatever that might look like. So God do that in our church. God bless this gift and use it to transform lives around the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. God bless you guys as you give. Dana, go ahead.
1: So the first thing I want to talk about is next Sunday at ten o'clock. We are going to be doing Summit one on one. If you're new to Summit or if you've been coming here for a while but you still got a lot of questions and You want to know how to get connected and you want information about serving or just anything you want to know about Summit's history or what we're all about, then you're going to want to make plans to attend that. And if you'll just go back here to the area towards Summit Kids at 10 o'clock, then that happens next Sunday. Also, the egg hunt, March 23rd. When Mark said 8,000 eggs, that is exactly what we need right now, Eight thousand eggs is what we need to have ten thousand eggs you can bring those we have two sundays two sundays before the egg hunt that's it so you're going to need to bring those here pre-filled with some kind of candy or something in it um just that way that we can just dump those out that friday for the egg hunt if you're interested in serving we also need a lot of volunteers you can send me a message or you can sign up through the app or um Or online, so you want to make sure that you do that. And so if it's two Sundays to the egg hunt, that also means that we only have two Sundays left here until the new building. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody that on the 25th, we're going to be in Christopher. And um, make sure that everybody knows how to get there, because I think that there might be some confusion on how to get there. But that's it, you guys. You're dismissed.